This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Good morning! Ever heard a sports talk show like this before? <laughs> Didn't think so. What's going on, dirty, dirty. It's DA on CBS Sports Radio. DA, how you feeling, brother? Man, I'm feeling great. I'm doing great. Happy Wednesday, boys and girls. One question, one question only. How do you feel? Well, I feel good, and I'm doing well. Hey, that's all that really matters, and we appreciate you being with us here on CBS Sports Radio. Coming your way in 20 minutes. Flash Gordon's going to join us, one of the best closers of his generation. We'll talk some baseball with Tom Gordon. Also later on in the hour, we'll do advanced analytics and your epic fail. Did Al Michaels complain enough to get the Amazon package changed? He believes so. What do you think? That's our poll question today. But we are clicking down the days, counting down on the clock. Until week one of the college football season. This weekend, no games, but next weekend is already week zero in college football. Woohoo! And a team with huge expectations in their final year in the Big 12. They are preseason favorites in the conference. It's time for the Sounds of Saturday. The DA Show counts down the days until the electricity of college football season returns with the game's greatest voices. Get a tip off. And Lewis going on the Touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. Don't win it. We're headed to Atlanta. Touchdown, Boston College. He did it. He did it. Cody did it. All the band is out on the field. The 
fans have won! Oh my god! The most amazing, sensational, dramatic, heart-rending, exciting, thrilling finish in the history of college football! It's the sounds of Saturday, every morning on CBS Sports Radio. Near the line hash mark, trying to put Texas in front with 134 to go. Good snap and hold. The kick is on the way. Bert Albert's kick is good! An Auburn has struck a blow against the Crimson Tide with 129 to go. That's Craig Way on Longhorns Radio. The voice of the Texas Longhorns joins us this morning here on the show. Craig, good morning. Hey, good morning, D.A. Great to be on with you. Great to have you here on the show Big expectations this year in Austin. How's the program, the players, the coach feeling about them? I think they feel really good. They've been very upbeat. They've been working at it real hard. Uh, and uh, one thing that you noticed right off the bat, that they were going to make sure that they were properly conditioned for the brutal temperature that it could be coming up on September 2nd, when they play the Rice Owls at 2.30 in the afternoon, they've been practicing a lot during the heat of the day where we've had something like 50-some-odd days with temperatures in excess of 100 degrees. Now, they've mixed in some morning uh, and a couple of evening workouts as well, but uh, they're looking forward to the start of the season and, and really grinding right now. And that week one against Rice is the opener, of course, but week two is that rematch against Bama a game last year that had a lot of twists and turns and a crazy finish as well. So I'm sure there's a lot of attention on that game. What's the feeling in Austin like of having to go to, to Tuscaloosa this year? Kind of almost like a, um, you might say, the appetizer for what's to come in the future years, D.A., when they enter the SEC the next year. This is the final year, of course, in the Big 12 for Texas, this is a non-conference game, as these two games were against Alabama, as they were originally scheduled. So uh, it, it's uh, not a conference game by any stretch. It, they'll play their one last go-around through the Big 12. But, uh, yeah, there's excitement. You're right. They uh, had a chance. Uh, certainly the, the, the highlight call you played there, or Burt Auburn's field goal, gave them the, the lead under two minutes to go. But uh, and then there were some controversial calls and all that sort of stuff, and Alabama came back, and they won 20-19. to 19. I think the most notable thing about that game last year, D.A., is that they lost Quinn Ewers for a time and, and for several weeks, and I think it disrupted the offensive rhythm. They were able to get it back enough to go 8-4 and four during the regular season and, and make it to an Alamo Bowl. But uh, then, uh, other than Ewers, uh, Several of the other key players, B. John Robinson among them, opted out in the bowl game, and so they lost the bowl game to Washington. But uh, even though they graduated some key players like Robinson and a couple others on defense, I think they feel well-heeled and healthy and ready to go for this season. Craig Way is the voice of the Longhorns. Any nostalgia, wistfulness of this from Longhorns fans or people around the program that, that it's over for the Big 12? I get the feeling that at each stop along the way, it'll be like, okay, this was fun. Now let's get on to the big thing. Because, uh, you know, even as they go to places this coming season, like Houston, a newbie on the, on the Big 12 scene, or, or go to Baylor and TCU for perhaps the final time ever, make those trips up I-35 uh, to, to Waco and to Fort Worth, they'll be thinking about the fact that, 
You know, they rekindle the rivalry with Texas A&M next year. They're going to have Georgia and Florida come to Austin uh, next year. And, of course, they keep the rivalry with Oklahoma. So there's a great deal of excitement about what's to come. There may be a nostalgic feeling or two as they make their final circuit around the Big 12. Not that they're going to shed any tears about going to Ames, Iowa after this year since it's the last time they'll go to Iowa State. Quinn Ewers is is the man amongst the, the, the giant amongst men here for Texas to be great. To be great, he's got to be great. How can he be better than he was last year? What is Sarkeesian stressing for him? Well, he's, he's already taken some strides. He's dropped about 15 pounds. Some folks, the old school ones, have, have, have made note about how he's quote-unquote cleaned up his act just because he's he cut off his long hair he's got very short hair now and it uh you know all of that kind of stuff but where where he has improved i think in watching him in practice uh, he's always had really good arm strength i think his mobility has improved his footwork has improved and those things i think are are things that they wanted to see improve in area and just being more comfortable in the system, having uh, now been through the whole thing, even though there were several weeks he had to miss last year due to injury. I think just being a more comfortable in Sark's system and being able to to read defenses better and to grow and mature as a quarterback. He was a redshirt freshman last year and practically really was a true freshman because he didn't really he took four snaps when he was at Ohio State, so he didn't he didn't really play at all until last year. But just having that full year. Uh, in the system under his belt, I think, helps him a lot. Reports were that on Saturday's scrimmage, Arch Manning had a couple of big plays and may have been the player of the scrimmage. What's been the latest on Arch? Well, he looks good, and he has made progress. That, that you know, I know a lot of folks, uh, you know, made made a big deal out of the, out of the fifty-five yard touchdown run. In truth. Uh, it was one of those deals where the defense was pinning its ears back, coming after the quarterback. They're locked up in man coverage. And, uh, you know, you have DBs with their backs to what's going on on the run straight up the middle. It was the old thing about parting like the Red Sea. And he just took off. And they didn't notice him until he was well downfield because they're covering receivers and been working on man coverage. So by the time they saw him, he was, he was well on his way to the end zone. But he has made progress. I will tell you this. He, uh, despite what some folks want to say uh, at the moment, at the moment, he's the number three guy on the depth chart. Uh, You know, Malik Murphy is this incredible physical specimen uh, from California, a great young man who's really learned the system really well and just had injury problems in the past. He is definitely the number two guy at the moment. Sark said as much as well. They have another camp scrimmage to come this Saturday, and they've got more work to do. But the Manning family has also been pretty, uh, you know, when asked or really pressed on the issue, has uh, been pretty positive about the possibility and prospect of Arch redshirting this season. That doesn't scare them off or bother them the way it might uh, parents and relatives of, of other highly rated prospects. Voice of the Longhorns, Craig Way, joins us. It would make more sense also for Arch to get a redshirt this year to separate him from Quinn Ewers to have an extra year after Ewers is gone to be the starting quarterback. So in some ways, there there really doesn't need to be a rush for Arch to be a starter as soon as this year, is there? No, there really isn't, D.A., and you just hit it on the head. I, I think that's that's something that I think a lot of people – 
who uh, are dangerously weaving some logic into all of this uh, might look at it as well and say, you know, uh, Quinn, if he has a really, really good year, he's draft eligible after this season. And if he decides to leave, you know, Arch with a redshirt year under his belt in the system, then is much better equipped to contend and, and compete for the starting quarterback job. So that's that's why the, the, the word of caution has come down. And that's why the coaching staff, not just Sark, but, the, the, but others around the program have said, pump the brakes on all of this just a little bit. Is he a fabulous prospect? Yes, and a, and a really cool dude. He's a, he's a really a nice young man, but he just barely got on campus. So that's why everybody's willing to be patient about all of this. How do you replace B. John Robinson? Uh, I don't think you can, at least not initially. Uh, they do have several talented guys who are equipped to do it. I think Jonathan Brooks will be the guy who probably wins the starting job there, but he's not going to be the only guy who plays at running back. Uh, they they have some other guys. They have uh, some guys who have been around a while, and then, of course, they have one of the outstanding freshmen in, in the country coming in, great running back out of Florida and C.J. Baxter. So they've got guys who can contend for that uh, position. Jaden Blue is another guy who got some reps last year who was a highly – uh, sought-after prospect when he came uh, out of high school. So they've got several guys, and I think Sark's offense, DA, is going to be geared toward, yes, absolutely, using the running back, uh, power spread, running the ball, but also screening to the backs and use of some really talented receivers. The receiving core is going to be uh, among the best in the country with Xavier Worthy, uh, with A.D. Mitchell, the, the Georgia transfer coming in off being on back-to-back national championship teams. They have a, a, one of the better tight ends, I think, prospects in the country in Jatavian Sanders. So there's going to be a lot of targets for viewers to use, including the backs out of the backfield. But they are going to need to run the ball to be effective. And they have, uh, I think, three guys who uh, might all see significant amounts of action. Who do you think is the biggest contender, the biggest threat to Texas winning the conference? I think it has to start with the, the belief that they're going to do it because they haven't done it yet. And it's very fair and very realistic for folks to say, well, Texas has a wealth of talent, uh, but they haven't done it yet. They haven't won the conference. They haven't won a conference championship since 2009. So that's a very fair criticism and a very fair wait-and-see approach uh, from the outside. So there's a belief thing, and, and uh, they they know that the time is now. Uh, it, in the nuts and bolts of it, I think some of the usual suspects, you have a defending conference champion in Kansas State. I know TCU played for the national championship last year, but they actually lost to K-State in the Big 12 championship game. Kansas State has a load coming back. Oklahoma is Oklahoma. I think they're, they're coming off uh, an unusually – uh, you know, struggling season, but that was the first under Brent Venables. I think they're going to be back. They're going to be really strong. TCU is there and and uh, in the thick of the fight as well. I think those three all have realistic shots uh, to compete and contend for a Big 12 championship as well. I think Texas is as well-equipped to win the title, uh, but they're going to have to prove it on the field. That's something that Sark and the players have all said, and until they do it, they haven't done it yet.
Craig Way is the voice of the Longhorns. Big expectations in Austin. They are the preseason favorites in the Big 12 in their final season in the Big 12. Quinn Ewers and company take the field Saturday, the 2nd of September against Rice. And then after that is the rematch against Alabama and Tuscaloosa. Craig, great to catch up, man. Thanks so much. Have a great season call, and hopefully we'll catch up during the year. You bet, D.A. Great to be on with you. Appreciate it. Okay, Craig Way joining us this morning here on the show. Excellent stuff. When we come back, we'll do some baseball. We've got Tom Flash Gordon joining us here on the show. We'll do a little MLB with one of the great closers. D.A., CBS Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Being Alive Day, the DA Show on CBS Sports Radio. 20 minutes past the hour, DA with you here on CBS Sports Radio. Listen to us on your phone by streaming us using the free Odyssey app or the free CBS Sports app. Also, you can listen to us on your phone by watching us on YouTube, Twitter, at watchda.com. Thanks, Craig Way, voice of the Longhorns, for joining us on the show. Big expectations in Austin. I think people waiting to see Arch Manning don't realize how good Quinn Ewers is. And also, we were just talking to him about the fact that if you create more separation between Ewers and Arch Manning class-wise, there's longer for Arch to be the starting quarterback. So redshirting him this year makes a lot of sense. And remember, now new NCAA rules, he can play up to four games and still be redshirted. So expect Arch Manning a.k.a. Ark, to play in four games this year at some point in time, maybe mop-up duty, maybe there's a start late in the season that doesn't mean anything. I guess they would all probably mean something because you're looking for college football playoffs. And maybe if Quinn, it probably they'd be mop-up duty. And then you get some start or get some playing time, rather, get some passes thrown, and then still could end up redshirting the, the rest of the year and keep the year of eligibility. It's probably the way that it plays for Arch this season. But I think it's very dangerous to simply expect Texas to run away with the Big 12. Last year, TCU proved that that's a conference ripe for Cinderella. 
And Kansas State won the conference. They're going to be good again. They're really well coached. And it's a conference where I think everybody's kind of bunched together, especially good or very good teams. And Sark has never won a league. So I'm not one to simply expect the Longhorns to roll. Plus, it's a program that's going to get everybody's best shot on their way out the door. Them in Oklahoma, there's going to be bad blood. There's going to be bad blood. And everyone's going to be aiming for them. So I, I do not think this is anything close to a cakewalk for Texas, although I am excited to see Quinn Ewers perform, and I'd, I'd like to see the barometer being week two in Alabama, what they got. Because if you're going to win the conference, you can't go to Tuscaloosa and get ambushed. You, know, you can't lose by three touchdowns and have me believe that you're going to win the Big 12. Again, Big 12 is not the SEC, but there's good teams in, in the Big 12. And I think some massive disrespect to Kansas State to have won the conference last year. And I think they were picked fourth or fifth. I think Texas Tech picked ahead of them to win the Big 12. Come on. What are we doing here? John and PA tweet, can't wait for the I'm Al Michaels, blah, blah, to become a drop. You'll have to take that up with Pete the Body, but I do smell a potential drop here because he, Pete likes when I look stupid and likes to replay those as drops, and I would say that that qualifies. I'm Al Michaels, blah, blah, blah. That is also part of the poll question today. Was Al Michaels complaining the reason that Amazon got a better Thursday night package this year? Al said so in an interview with Sports Business Journal. He said, get a load of me now. Watch this. They ain't seen nothing like this. A Hall of Famer complaining every week about the game that he's doing. I hope you're enjoying the sounds of Saturday, by the way. I always really love it because there's so many good, distinct play-by-play voices around college football throughout the nation. And now is the time that college football is really starting to cook, getting into the the start of the season. And so I love hearing from these guys and kind of getting not only their stories, but also just hearing the voices that we'll hear throughout the fall. So I enjoy it. Hopefully you guys do as well. We'll continue doing that right through the Friday before Labor Day weekend. Our next guest played for the Royals, the Red Sox, the Cubs, the Astros, the White Sox, Yankees, Phillies, and Diamondbacks over a very long and successful career. He was the AL saves leader in 1998 with the Red Sox, a three-time All-Star, and is part of this weekend's Perfect game presenting the 21st annual Dick's Sporting Goods All-American Classic game Sunday, Chase Field in Phoenix, live at 8 o'clock Eastern time, 5 o'clock Pacific, featuring the top 60 high school baseball players of the country. Fans not watching live in Phoenix can watch for free at perfectgame.tv or on the PGTV app. Tom Flash Gordon joining us. Tom, good morning. Good morning to you. I appreciate you being with us. Thanks so much. And for those that are unaware of how good some of the talent is in this All-American Classic game, what type of tier are we talking about with the prospects that are going to be playing on Sunday? Oh, well, I mean, just, yeah, you know, if you have not seen these kids play, the physicality, 
of them, uh, their tool set, their also their instincts, uh, the way they play the game, how they are incredibly smart and in understanding the game uh, that they play as. And however, um, what we're seeing is a huge trend of kids with the size, also the speed, the quickness, that quick uh, twitch speed lip that we've been looking for, but also too, how they play the game and they play the game right. So you came up through the 80s. What's the biggest difference between a baseball player or an athlete today looking to play the game as you're seeing these high schoolers versus when you were coming up? Well, I, you, you know, you notice right away the size of these kids uh, and their ability to be able to play the game with that size. Also, too, you're seeing guys with the lengths of about 6'1 to 6'4. Some of them are at short stops with the hand and tool eye coordination that they can do some really extraordinary things. So we're seeing an uptick of a lot of talented athletes that are playing this game right now that scouts are noticing are ready in regards to their talent uh, to go into whether it be a high-end college baseball or even if it's Major League of Pro Baseball uh, because their talent has actually preceded itself. Analytics and data have been a huge part of the revolution of baseball over the last decade plus. How is that affecting at the amateur level how high school baseball players are being developed, trained, and are growing? Well, I tell you, uh, analytics is definitely now a part of baseball. So the cybermetric stuff and it's what it does is it's a place for it. And uh, it has it's been a great help in a lot of ways. Uh, I, I'm still kind of old school, so I'm still adjusting to it. I, I like seeing the pitchers um, – uh, on the mound, they can make their pitches, but also to keep intact with the fact the game is need a double play and get a double play. So I like seeing the game called on the field. Um, the talent, like I said, is so good. These kids really uh, work so hard in their offseason training and stuff that they do have catapulted them to being some, some of the strongest, if not strongest and elite athletes that I've seen in a mighty long time. So I think that they're a whole lot better than we would have we are. Um, but I also think that we played better baseball because we had the dynamics of playing the game. I like to see more of that still in the game instead of having a lot of the stats, you know, dictate where, where shortstop or second base should have his positioning on certain given pitches. I've always felt like if a guy's making his pitch and he's making his pitches in his own, uh, then, you know, you play with that tool. You have to play the game with the way the game and the speed is on the field. Flash Gordon joins us this morning here on the show. Let's let's dig into that. Give me an example of where you feel like your generation played better baseball versus these players who are better athletes. Yeah, I, I give you an example. I, I think when I'm watching a shortstop and I want to see a guy with hand and eye coordination, feet to move. Uh, you know, as a starter, you always thought about your shortstop, starting shortstop, being a guy that can make that play deep in the hole, get you out of an inning on any given play. Uh, if there's a tough double play, he can make that play. Uh, nowadays, I see a lot more kids being put in position because this is what we hope that pitch be. And if that pitch is there and he makes that pitch, then it's probably some type of ground ball or out, maybe the strike up. However, back when I was playing, and more or less, you know, back before all this uh, data came into the game, guys was pitching to the strengths of themselves, but it was also pitching to their defense. And I think right now we're seeing a lot of not pitching to their defense and guys kind of pitching more to whatever the numbers and the stats say this guy swing. Like it's the first pitch, he swings 80% of the time. He swings 80% of the time, but 
You know, I'm not a guy that can throw a first pitch fastball over the plate like I want to throw a breaking ball over the plate. Uh, he usually, you know, you're going to play him the, the pull, and then all of a sudden, you know, it's a fastball, and then he's he's late on it. That's the base hit. I, I I think that the game has the the metric, the sabermetric stuff, the data that's great for the game, and whatever position that teams want to use it. However, I still think that the game needs to be played on the field, and and sometimes a lot of equations, even with major league games that I watch, there's a lot of game not being played on. That's really interesting. You played for more than 20 years in Major League Baseball. Who was the young player that you played alongside that you were like, damn, I can't believe how advanced or how polished or how ready this young guy is? Yeah, and you know, I have to go with Johnny Damon. Uh, really? He came up. I had already known and heard about him in AA. And also, too, he being from Florida, him from Orlando, I had already heard about his tool set, how well he run. Uh, how he catches and, and you know how much ground he can cover in the outfield. So I was really excited when he came up uh, to see Johnny how he played the game. So, you know, I I, I take a clip from uh, Willie Wilson. He always made the statement that hey, a really good center fielder never have to leave his feet. And you barely seen Johnny ever jump, uh, leave his feet, jump or dive balls. He was actually a player that was in the right place at the right time. His his ability as a young player, I thought, was one of those ones, especially a teammate of mine that was the up-and-coming talent and what we're seeing, the quick twitch and the ability to make things happen right away, could hit home runs, uh, could steal a lot of bases, and he could do things. He's an RBI kind of guy, and he could handle the bat very well. The only thing that I thought was with Johnny was that, you know, he just, his arm was decent, but wasn't, you know, uh, that caliber of a center fielder, but he made up in that with the way he got to baseballs. Wow, that's interesting. You play with a lot of great players, Johnny Damon being the most – polished coming in as a young guy that's interesting flash gordon joins us this morning on the show you also played in some amazing food cities kansas city boston chicago houston new york philly these are incredible eating cities what was your favorite city to eat in that you played for the team uh you know i probably think i'd say too those places also made me a little bit fatter today (laughs) i ate everywhere i went you're absolutely right I knew where every place that the best food. I knew what restaurants stayed open late at night. Even my teammates, they would say, Flash, uh, what do we have here in Anaheim in the middle of the night? You know, there was a place out there. <laughs> it was open till 4 o'clock in the morning. So I knew where everything was. Uh, matter of fact, and even in Texas, I would go down in the Sheridan, and they let me turn the stove back on, and I'd cook the guys a ham sandwich. No, so, you mean, did it. it. No. Yeah. I was like, I'm going to feed my team. We don't have anything to eat. The room service closed down. I would go, go down, and they would call, hey, Flash, can you make me a turkey sandwich? Yeah, I got you. I <laughs> up. Yeah, I was making sandwiches and all kinds of stuff. So, but, you know, all those big league cities, and I talked to these kids today, I said, guys, when you finally make it to the big leagues, even on the team flight, there's so much that you're going to be excited about. You know, your family's being able to have, the luxury of flying on a private plane in that regard with teammates and friends and people that you're really close with their family too. And then you have these three stations that you can get unbelievable food as much as you want, when you want it, you know, you know, my kids loved it. So, but I, I knew with every city that had the food that I was looking for, like in New York, I would go to the shop bar. That place was amazing. It was so food place. And I mean, they had the best collard greens, and yellow rice, ribs, and I'd get one of the clubhouse guys to take off and run to the shock bar. Uh, 
uh, also in New York in the Bronx. And, and, and Steinbrenner got on me pretty good about this one. He says, uh, hey, have Flash come in. He's my setup. He's a healthy guy. But he has a Big Mac in the clubhouse every day. <laughs> I said, well, man, I have a Big Mac in the clubhouse every day. I'm, I'm, I am pitching very good. And then it took Jason Giambi to come over and say, hey, do he know you are Flash Gordon? You getting him saves and taking care of Mariano? Get that damn Big Mac Flash. <laughs> but, yeah, I knew where every place was. I could eat and I could eat the best of them. Kansas City definitely brought the house down with ribs and barbecue and the steaks that they had. Uh, Seattle, Seattle had its own little niche for me. Uh, I would always get fish, seafood when I was in Seattle. But I, I knew where the food was. I could, find it. I could sniff it out. That is incredible. And you were cooking for the team. How is Flash Gordon's hot turkey sandwich at the middle of the night? Well, I thought they were all, I thought the guys were all, you know, I'm here and I'm making, you know, ham and I'll add some bologna onto my sandwich. These guys all want turkey. I'm like, well, that's easy. Well, we were eventually running out of turkey at the Sheridan, but the Sheridan kept bringing me more meat. So I kept just stacking it all with cheese, frying it up like a grilled cheese sandwich. And I remember the last call I got, because Willie Wilson started that. Willie Wilson says on a plane, hey, well, you're going to get me a sandwich, whether you got to go get it or not. Well, I didn't know how to get, actually physically get in the cab, go to <laughs> Jack in the Box, get him a sandwich and bring it back. So I walked down to the lobby and I asked one of the guys, I said, hey, man, can that just make a turkey sandwich? Take this guy <laughs> something. He said, sure, sure. You're going to tip me good? I said, I sure will. He said, you turn the, if you turn this iron on, you can use it, but if I if I'm not turning it back off, I'll be cooking all day. I said, all right. Then I got four calls. Then Bo called me. He wanted a double decker. And I was like, this guy's killing me here, man. But yeah, I I knew the food was, man. I had a really good time with that. And my teammates was excellent. They they treated me real good. And uh, I learned a lot up in the big leagues. I tell the kids today uh, that the information that I got from the greatest pitcher coach I've ever been around in my life. One of the guys, his name is Jerry Cram. He's with San Francisco today. He worked with me throughout my entire career and still work, work with me today. Um, then Mel Stoudemire, I mean, Mel was absolutely phenomenal. I had Mel for two years, and I learned more in two years with him and Mariano than I learned in a lot of the places. Uh, but it taught me a lot about mechanics, developing kids, and keeping kids in the right places with their arm slot and teaching them how to get their break, the best out of their breaking balls and utilizing their, stool, their tools and their stuff. Um, don't get me wrong, I have more pitching coaches than that, but those two guys really uh, got guys that gave me information that helped me today coaching. With Perfect Game, I'm actually doing a lot of coaching that I appreciate. I love doing it. I love being on the field and having a uniform on, but I could use some of those things that they've taught me. Uh, I, I give those that information to the kids because it's, it's there for that. Hmm. That's really great. Tom Flash Gordon, AL Saves leader in 98. Played more than 20 years in baseball. One of the best relievers of his generation is working alongside Perfect Game, presenting the 21st annual Dick Sporting Goods All-American Classic. Coming up Sunday, Chase Field, Phoenix, 8 o'clock Eastern Time, 5 o'clock Pacific. Feature the top 60 high school baseball players of the country. And fans not watching live in Phoenix in the ballpark can watch for free at perfectgame.tv or on the PGTV app. Flash, this was awesome, man. Thank you so much. We'll catch up again, I promise. Well, man, thanks for having me. I'm sitting here in our office, and uh, sorry I had to use the phone, uh, but now we got it figured out. But either way, thank you guys for having me, man. Perfect Game is definitely the largest stage for these kids and what they're doing on the field. 
Uh, I managed 13, 12, 11, and 12s, and 13s, and 14s, and I have not seen so much talent in my life. But thank you guys for having this conversation and talking about this and seeing, wanting to see how these kids play and their their abilities are really superseding themselves. It's it's great to watch. This talent is on the mark. That's outstanding. Can't wait and for the game. For yeah, my pleasure. Thanks so much. Flash Gordon joining us here on the show. You just never know. You know, I wake up and I see we, we get the rundown. Carlos with the K's been booking this week. Craig Way will talk some Texas Longhorns football. We'll hit this. Anthony Richardson's going to start. I see we got Flash Gordon on the show. This is cool. Always loved watching Flash when he was a reliever, closer in, in Major League Baseball. I had no idea, though, we would stumble upon such a diamond that Willie Wilson asked him when he was a rookie or a young player, go get me a sandwich. And he was so scared to call a cab and go get a sandwich, he would prefer to just tip the guy at the grill in the in, in the lobby of the Sheridan and cook the sandwich himself to give to Willie Wilson. And it was so good, the rest of the team started asking him to keep cooking other sandwiches. And he said, guys, ask him for a double-decker. He's like, you're killing me here, guys. I just wanted to make Willie Wilson the sandwich here in the middle of the night. That does sound like a good sandwich, though. A little, oh, delicious. A little turkey, a little, little cheese, hot on the grill, like a grilled cheese sandwich. That that sounds awesome. It sounds awesome. And and the fact that he's such a food guy that he knows all the places to eat means he's a good cook as well. He knows what makes a good sandwich. He's into food. But, yeah, if you ever want a really good hack, I love a turkey sandwich, but I love a hot turkey sandwich most. So, you know, just light up the grill a little bit. Uh, or the, you know, stovetop, put a little butter in the pan. You could do a little oil as well, but I put a little butter in the pan. You throw some turkey cold cuts in there, just heat them up, throw a slice of American cheese on top, and now you got yourself a little hot turkey and cheese. Now you throw it on a piece of toast maybe. You put a little butter on the toast, bingo bangle, a few pickles. You got yourself an elite sandwich, very easy. It mm. upgrades your regular turkey, turkey sandwich. Turkey melt, no? It's like a turkey melt. There you go. Yes, it's a turkey melt. Yeah. Flash Gordon's turkey melt, I'm sure, Sounds is amazing. delicious. Now I'm going to have lunch. Right? <laughs> exactly. Chris LaPresti has our final headlines of the morning. All right, so it took just one quarter of preseason action for rookie Anthony Richardson to get the nod from first-year Colts head coach Shane Steichen. Richardson will be his week one starting QB. The fourth overall pick said he didn't necessarily see it coming. Honestly, I was shocked. You know, uh, I've been grinding, putting in work just to, you know, get the title. But, you know, it's not really all about a title. You know, I'm, I'm just trying to make sure I'm ready for the team. You know, despite, you know, being labeled as QB1, you know, I still got other guys in the room helping me, you know, get to that standard. So I'm forever thankful for them. He had been in competition with the veteran Gardner Minshew, who followed Steichen to Indianapolis. They were together with the Eagles. Um, now can lean on some of his experience. Richardson leaning on Minshew, that is, as he learns on the job. And as DA kind of alluded to last hour, uh, the show that Richardson described, perhaps because uh, maybe he even feels a little too soon for uh, soon for him to start. Sure, I don't think I'll, I'll ever be you know fully ready because there's always stuff I can learn you know day by day. You know, just getting information from Gardner. He's been in the league for you know, four plus years, so just gather information from him. Yeah, information from, from Coach Steichen. Oh, here we go. Whether he's ready or not, he's going to get the shot at home week one against the division rival Jaguars. Now, before we get some more Oz the Mentalist content from episode two <laughs> of Hard Knocks, how about some actual foot, football content surrounding the Jets as the expectations for the season continue to grow with the addition of Dalvin Cook, who reportedly will be with the Jets today. He's going to show up in New Jersey to sign his contract. Unclear if he's sticking around after that because he is expecting the birth of his first child. Star-studded roster loaded with talent. We know that. Here was head coach Robert Sala going over the film of their joint practice with the Panthers from last week in South Carolina. 
at the, the uh, first clip here, lots of love for his defense. You guys know how important to me the silent tape is because the silent tape represents who the f we are. Defense, our style was all over this bitch yesterday. And it was awesome to see because that's our standard. That's who we are. All right. The offense, though, not so much mm. specifically because of the guys up front. And that seems to be the one unit, at least as of now, that could potentially torpedo things for Aaron Rodgers and company this season. Offense. Guys, it was our first opportunity to change the stink that's been in this organization for a very long time on the offensive side of the ball. You can have a Hall of Fame quarterback. You can have two $10 million plus receivers. You can have a reigning offensive rookie of the year. You can have all kinds of skill in the running back room. None of it matters until the big boys up front change who the we are. And therein lies kind of the challenge. weird to name the salaries of your guys, is it not? <laughs> we got two guys making $10 million bucks a yeah. year. That means they're really good. You guys aren't making that much. They are. <laughs> Except one of those $10 million receivers it maybe isn't a lock to make the roster. That's Corey Davis. Oh, yeah, good point. So, I don't know. Between Garrett Wilson and Alan Lazard and Randall Cobb there and McCall Hardman, Corey Davis is kind of yeah. falling down the depth chart. That, maybe. We'll see. We'll yeah. see how that works. All right. So, here's the clean version of uh, Oz with newcomer McCall Hardman. Clean meaning better audio. Uh, so, first he had him whittle down a pile of puzzle pieces from a bunch, gets it down to two, and then has him pick one. And, of course, it just happens to be the final piece of a puzzle that I guess had been assembled nearby. The point being teamwork final puzzle piece, all that good stuff, and then that led to this with Hardman. And I want you to imagine you've got a crystal ball in your hand. You see the future. Tell us, who do you see the Jets playing in this year's Super Bowl? Say it. 49ers. 49ers, and I'm putting you on the spot here. We're going to win. We know we're going to win. What's the final score going to be? 31-21. Yeah? Because when all the pieces come together in a season, it can be absolute perfection, folks, because that's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking the Jets... And the 49ers, 31 to 21. That's crazy. Hey, that's crazy. Hardman's mind blown because Oz would flip over this cue card, and I'm showing DA the screenshot now of Jet and 49er logos with 3121 written in black ink. And it was sitting there on a, you know, an easel or sort of a, you know, a propped up situation there where the card was flipped over and it had just a green Jets logo showing. And then after Hardman makes his pick and his score, turns it over, and sure enough, Jets, Niners, 31-21. I just wish McCall Hardman was like, I got Bengals over Niners. Yeah, right, The Jets have to be yeah. in it. Uh, right. McCall, no, oh. just remember, it's the Jets. <laughs> we got the Bills winning. <laughs> right. We went back to the Chiefs again. McCall, you don't play for the Chiefs anymore. <laughs> yeah, right. You already won your Super Bowls there. Sorry, you're with the Jets now, and you got to pick them. Uh, baseball quickly here. The Yankees lose again. Shut out by the Braves last night. 5 nothing. New York back to 500 for the first time since May 1st. Last place in the AL East. 12-22 since the 4th of July. The latest in a season. The Yankees have been at the 500 mark since 1995. Dodgers have ripped off nine in a row. Beat the Brewers 6-2. The Giants blank the Rays 7 nothing. Blue Jays over the Phillies 2-1 on a go-ahead hit by pitch in the 8th inning. Kyle Tucker go-ahead home run for the Astros. Seemingly feel like he's done that a bunch of times the last couple of weeks hit some big home runs for Houston they edged the Marlins six to five and in Arlington Corey Seager had himself a night oh and one to Seager the pitch he swings and hits one high in the air to deep left center field Adams back at the track the wall leaps up that ball is caught or did he catch it no it's a home run he thought he had it 
but it squirted out of his glove. I got to stick oh. up for the uh, Rangers radio guy there because center fielder Jordan Adams pulled it back and uh. then went to take the ball out of his glove to make the throw back in as if he was certain that he had robbed this home <laughs> run and then there was nothing there. And he's like, oh, damn. That's, That's odd, the mentalist. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> That's sleight of hand. Exactly. Ah, yeah. Home run. Gotcha. <laughs> gotcha. There it is. Seeger would add a second home run. He drove in five. Rangers beat the Angels 7-3. to three. He is hitting 350, 22 homers, 73 RBIs, OPS north of 1,000. Wow. No shortstop since integration has ever recorded an OPS over 1050 with at least 400 plate appearances wow. in a season. So, see, he is on yeah. track for some historical stuff today. Yeah. Great job today, CeeLo. Really great stuff. Appreciate when we come it. back here on the show, Advanced Analytics and an Epic Fail, DA, CBS Sports Radio. Even the DA show is not perfect. We know. Shocking. Here's the Epic Fail. There could only be one fail today, Mr. Mark in Arizona. Mark is in Arizona this morning here on the phones. Mark, good morning. Well, the Cardinals, actually. Um, I did a little research, and it would seem that our Cardinals, despite all the rumblings in the front office and stuff, might be pretty good this year. What do you think? You know, at my age, the mind starts playing tricks. Well, when's Kyler Murray going to come back? They're they're estimating week eight. Ah! Death! That's only the cat. Oh. What do you think the Cardinals are in the first half of the season without Kyler? I want to say at least five and five and two. <laughs> five, maybe five, five and two and five or five and three without Kyler Murray. You think they could be five and two? If you don't start making more sense, we're going to have to put you in a hole. The, re- the reason I say that because we've got some new people that they they brought on that seem quite promising. They got rid of um, the, Mr. Hopkins. And, you know, and Larry Fitzgerald's back. You already put me in a home. Larry Fitzgerald? How old is Larry Fitzgerald? Then we'll put you in a crooked home. It's on 60 Minutes. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Larry Fitzgerald might be old, but he's got he's got a lot left in him. Because he took, if you remember, he has had at least four years or so of downtime. So uh-huh. he's been resting. Why I go in and out of comas all the... Uh-huh. So you don't take that into account? I mean, it's possible. Anything is possible when it comes to... He's almost 40. He's almost 40. One trick is to tell him stories that don't go anywhere. How much? He's going to be... Well, I, I don't know the total amount, but he's going to be, from what I understand, the highest paid player ever. And in those days, Nichols had pictures of bumblebees on him. What was that? <laughs> Colt McCoy's going to go 5-2? and two? How long were you going to drag that? Epic fail, you loser. That is why you fail. Epic fail. Back in my day, Nichols had pictures of bumblebees on them. Today's poll question. Do you think Al Michaels' complaints led to a better package of Thursday night football for Amazon this season? 72% said, yup. He claims that in a new interview as well. Now, the data department tells us that Alan Richard Michaels was born on November the 12th, 1944, began as a sports writer at Arizona State. In 1970, he appeared as an attorney, Dave Bronstein, in an episode of Hawaii Five-0 called Run, Johnny, Run, which featured a young Christopher Walken. Is that right? And finally, Game 5 of the 95 World Series would prove to be the only with the final Major League Baseball game that Al Michaels would call, but also the last time a Major League Baseball game would be broadcast on ABC until the 2020 wildcard game. Is that so?
Good factoids. Thanks to Carlos of the K, Carlos Ortiz, our executive producer this week. Thanks to Pete the Body Bellotti on the Wheels of Steel and Audio Director. Thanks to Andrew Kaplan, the Wizard of Watch DA, and Chris Lepresti on your headlines. Be good and be good to one another. We'll see you tomorrow. I'm DA. The Mothership Disconnects. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.